Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience, as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. Welcome to another Perfect. episode of Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast. Today, I have Tammy Dillon from Skillskin, and today we're talking about Tracks to Success, which is a new event that you guys just launched. This is nothing that has ever been in existence, so this is a brand new offering here in the Spokane area, and I want to talk a little bit about what this is, why it's important, but first, let's start back at the very beginning, and Tammy, do you want to introduce yourself and a little bit about Skillskin and what they do for our community and for individuals with disabilities? Absolutely. Thank you, Holly. So happy to be here today. I have been with Skillskin now for a little over six years, but however, this organization has been in the Spokane community for well over 50. Uh, it was originally started by a group of parents of uh, persons with disabilities who felt that there were not employment or opportunities in the community, uh, good offerings, they started what uh, was known then as pre-vocational. We then we rebranded to Skillskin, and which is a Salish word, meaning a place where a person comes to seek identity and self-empowerment. That's Salish? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. That it answers- is a Salish word, yeah. And it's interesting because so many people are, you know, why would you choose that? Um, you know, it, because it, it's, it looks odd and, and not, but we really believe um, that's what Skillskin is here to do is help people, you know, seek um, identity and self-empowerment. And the biggest way we do that is through the power of a job. We believe a job is way more than a paycheck. It is a way to be part of a community. It is a way to help yourself do more. It is a way to create friendships, relationships, and be a valuable asset to those around you. Oh, and that's why I love so you that, guys so much. Everything that you yeah, just and, and hit we, there as a parent, that just gives me goosebumps because there's it's more than just a paycheck. Being part of the employment community is being part of the greater community. We just keep watching. The, the biggest thing that I believe that sets us apart in, is that we really believe in the right job right now. We all have, I would love to, you know, be a Zamboni driver, but that's not in the cards for me. Yeah. So what can I do? So it's also about learning what skills do you have? Where do you want to go? And how can we help you get there? Because it's not a linear journey, but it takes some time to get where you want to be. And we want to help you get there. So true. And I think that is important, too, because as I'm having conversations with my son, who's 15, Caleb, and I'm asking him what to do right now because his favorite thing in the world, he loves sandwiches. And I have to be mm -hmm. honest with you, I love sandwiches, too. So he believes that his first job, an appropriate first job, would be in a Subway or Jimmy John's or something of that genre. <laughs> but then he is still self-aware of the fact that he needs to be thinking bigger picture. So what's the step after this? I think it's fine for right now. That's mm -hmm. our first step, but he needs to be thinking about his skills and what his interests are and what does he get lost doing or loses track of time while he's doing, because I think that helps us start to dial in on where we're going to be looking for employment opportunities later on. And then what does that going to look like after high school in terms of job training? That's really interesting because when you're in high school, you have all these grandiose ideas and or the, you go to secondary to secondary education and you you get some whether it be a trade school or college or junior college and you get this education well you feel like okay now that I have this education I should be able to do 
X, Y, or Z. Well, no, you still need that experience. And you don't start out by carrying the clipboard. A lot of times you have to start by digging the ditch before you can, you know, do those things. Uh, so helping people understand that I, we want you to get there. I see that you want to be a retail store manager. Well, mm-hmm. you have to do a lot of other jobs before you can get to that where you really want to be. Yes, yes. And the reality for Caleb, too, is is that his first job might be just preparation. You got to get all the things ready before you can start making a sandwich. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to boil it down to some of the smallest elements of a job and be realistic about your first job. Might be that you're just actually prepping all of the ingredients needed to then work yeah. up to being the sandwich maker. That's a step up in an in, in organization. Every job has a meaning, right? It, everything brings you to that next level. And I think it, to your point, it is, it's important to really evaluate what it, what it is you're getting out of that so that then you can translate that into the next job and right. the next job. And that's why we're, we're really excited about Track to Success because we just have found, especially working with transition age youth in the high school, there are so many questions about what next. Yeah. What do I do with my services? Am I getting all my services? How will a job impact my benefits? Because I, I can't lose these benefits. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to bring as many people together under one roof to be able to answer questions. So you're not stuck in a phone queue or trying to chat bot with someone. You're getting to actually talk to a human being to get the answers that you need. We are going to have DDA and DVR case managers on site to be able to either sign up answer questions, understand more about what those you know, benefits do get you. We are going to have Mary McDermott of the Special Abilities Network to be able to talk about financial planning, able accounts, you know, what to do to really be able to save and prepare for the future. We're also going to have uh, Community Work Incentive Counselors or CWICs from our friends at Community Minded Enterprises to help people understand how work will impact their benefits. How much can they work without worrying about losing their social security? And in addition, we are going to have people help write resumes. We also will have a lot of our project managers and some of our employees here to share about our job. Mm-hmm. What do they look like? Now, can I do that job? So we have some great summertime jobs um, for grounds at Fairchild Air Force Base. So they can see what would it be like to hold that string trimmer? What does it look like when this custodial crew goes out? and get to talk to who they would be working for if they're interested in a job. First question that I have is when we talk about who would make an ideal person for coming to your Tracks to Success event that's um, being held on March 11th from 9 to 1, when we're talking about an ideal age, like Caleb is 15, so we're not quite to the point where he is in a transition program. For some kids, they will graduate at 18, depending on their level of ability and how their diagnosis impacts them, they may go ahead and graduate at 18. Caleb is now a freshman in high school. At this point, we believe that Caleb will go ahead and graduate at 18 and we won't have him stay in the school district through the age of 21. Anytime you have a student with an IEP, we have the right to continue education until the age of 21. And so you have to start talking with counselors and make some of those decisions when they're just starting high school, I think is a good time to be thinking about that. If Caleb graduates at 18, I feel like it would still be appropriate, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tammy, for me to actually attend a Tracks to Success just to start 
being aware of some of these different things. So do you want to talk a little bit about what DVR is and what the benefit is and why families need to just have it filed away in the back of their head and perhaps come to Traxxas Success so that they can learn more about it? Absolutely. So thank you for backing me up because I know when I first started in this industry, I was forever writing down acronyms, trying to Google them. So um, DPR is Department of Vocational Rehabilitation Services. They provide great services for persons with disabilities to get supported employment help. And we have staff here at Skillskin who work individually with persons with disabilities to help them first understand where do they want to go with a person-centered plan. It's literally all about that person. And these services are paid through uh, DVR so that they can find what it is they want to do, what job skills do they need to get ready for, how do we prepare them for that job, and then how do we help them not only get the job, but stay successful in that job. I mean, it's not just about getting the job. That's just one of the many steps. It's about keeping the job and then what next. Yes. So it's not like it's not a race that's ever finished. It is an ongoing journey. For those families that are listening, there's DDA, which is the Department of De- Developmental Administration. Not all of our kids with an autism diagnosis are DDA approved, meaning that you have to have a level of severity rating of two and level three. And so that is fairly limited. But my understanding, and because I ask a lot of questions because Caleb is AST level one, so we are not uh, DDA eligible. But I have over Uh the years been watching and trying to understand then what is available to my child because Caleb has ASD level one and he still requires support and he is expected to have a job, but he's not DDA eligible to be able to get some of these higher level waiver services where we can start accessing things like specialized habilitation and different elements like that. Then how am I supposed to get him ready for employment? And so I have been told That Caleb would still be eligible, even though he's not DDA eligible, because his level of severity is is one, Mm -hmm. that he can still get six months of DVR support for him to be able to then get some supports as he's entering the workforce. And I'm, I'm told that then after the six months, depending on how that goes, it could be extended. If he's then successful, it could be he only gets so much support or so many hours within a certain calendar year. So it's some an element of that. Have you, are you familiar, have you heard anything about this? That sounds about right. And this okay. is where, you know, it is so difficult because there's so many, if this, then that I know. scenario. This is why I hate and, it. You know, that was, I agree. And in fact, we were, you know, looking for some FAQs that we could provide members coming and, and just to help through the process. But there was no checklist. There's no easy yeah. way. And and I know just enough to be dangerous. And so but, I can't imagine as a family trying to navigate oh. to, to get to an endpoint. So that's why we really worked hard to have representation from DDA and DVR here to answer those very specific questions. That's why I'm excited about this. You guys are going to then be able to compile a list of the things that we parents are going to be asking because w- there's not one person out there that has all the answers to all the things. I'm certain that there are people within SkillSkin that ha- can say, oh, yes, actually, I do know the answer to this question. And But the thing is, we don't often have everybody in the same room at the same time to mm-hmm. be able to get all these questions answered or even having access to a DVR case manager. Your hope is, is that this will be successful. And well attended. And then it could be become a perpetual event where a tracks to success event would happen, hopefully maybe yearly or um, every 12 yeah. to 18 months. Because I always tell my families, we have to start showing up for these things because when <laughs> families aren't showing up to access these opportunities that you guys are putting so much effort in organizing, then they go away because that tells organizations nobody's interested. 
we have to utilize that activation energy and get ourselves to this event so that we can ask questions. And I know that a barrier is this is complicated. It feels overwhelming, like we're going to be drinking from a fire hose, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, it is. And the good news is we're trying to make it as simple as possible to the point, you know, we know some of our families need to ride the bus. So we are going to be printing out a map and have a van service pickup from the bus stop because they're not right in front of our building. Oh, that's we great. are going to have people everywhere to make sure that you're getting where you need to go. And we're creating an intake form that will allow people to know the steps and the places they need to go so that they can find their track to their own success. Mm. Um, in addition, we have Bellevue Healthcare will be here. I um, saw they are showing they, when some mobility equipment. Yes, I They're see. They're a sponsor. They're, They're providing sponsor. lunch for yes. mm-hmm, their attendees. Yes, yeah. We'll be here to talk about some credit as well as any um, accessibility issues that they can um, help with. We will have PACE education services sharing what um, opportunities are out there for those 18 to 21 and beyond. Mm -hmm. And we also have a project ID and special Olympics. So people can learn more about what opportunities there are out there in the community beyond work and and those types of things to be, to have that well-rounded experience. The real answer to this is that the ideal individuals, parents, guardians, caregivers that should be attending this are those that have loved ones that are 18 and in that transition period of time, the 18 through 21. However, here's my hack. I start going to these types of things early. The Arca Spokane does life after high school class. I think it's like six weeks. Mm -hmm. I sat my first one I went through when Caleb was like 11 or 12 because I was like, I know that he's very, very young. But because I have to make a lot of notes and it takes me a long time to process and I knew I was going to have to Google a lot of things and process it in my mind, I did it early because um, then I figure then I have more time. So my plan is I am hoping to be able to attend this, even though Caleb's 15. Wonderful. And I have time. I feel like if I hear it first when he's 15, um, I'm not feeling pressured and it doesn't feel like I'm drinking from the fire hose. It's still going to be a lot of information Mm -hmm. coming, but I can... Collect it all in, talk to those people, at least be more familiar with terms and things I should be thinking far ahead to. I will be the first one to tell you, Tammy, and you and I have talked about this before, is, is that I do believe that we as parents wait until it's eminent. Oh, my gosh, they're graduating this year. Yes. Now, what are we going to do? And yes. um, that is for us. It, again, Caleb doesn't do well with any transition. Then I feel the pressure even more to try and learn something that I don't understand. And it's just a lot to have to process. So my goal, Caleb is 15, I'm going to come to this. And I, because then the pressure of having to get all of the information and understand all the information is not so overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. as you're having more of these, I plan to continue to listen because I figure if I hit this a couple, two, three times before he starts hitting the age of 18, and he's going to be transitioning out of high school, we might decide that we want to keep him in high school and go ahead and do the transition to 21 program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just too early to say. I'm just keeping our options open. But knowing what the process is, what are things that we have to be thinking about, I think just helps us to, in my mind, build a better IEP and IEP goals Yes, and be thinking about things as parents, what we can be doing in this 15 to 18 range to be getting them ready to have jobs because the reality is, is that they can have jobs. I shelter Caleb a lot in a lot of things because he might be a 15 year old boy in body. He's not that socially and emotionally, but this is not mm-hmm. an area where we can shelter him. We really have to be having conversations about employment and what does that look like? And 
I think that this is a really good step for parents. If you don't want to feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, then start attending these types of events earlier before you absolutely need them. For a person like me, so my, uh, my kiddo is 15. I wasn't planning on bringing Caleb because I feel like I got to wrap my head around some of this stuff. Do you feel like that's okay? Or do you really Absolutely. think that um, I should be bringing Caleb so he's thinking about it? Or do you feel like that would be too overwhelming for like a 15-year-old? Well, you know, it's hard Caleb's to know. age, um, I, it is hard to know. There's, there's two, if you can kind of go either way. It would be great because, yes, you will be able to sit down and understand your financial planning, understand uh, what you need uh, from a DVR perspective and kind of get some of more information. However, you're going to have a lot of hands-on stations mm-hmm. so people can see what those jobs look like. So, Ooh. you know, we also, we are really encouraging just because someone's ready to graduate. I really, you hit the nail on that, that it's important to start earlier about talking about those jobs, the foundational skills that people need to have a job and allow them to see, okay, this there's people with disabilities doing this job. I can do this job. Yes. We pride ourselves on this because someone doesn't necessarily have services at this time doesn't mean that we can't help them get a job. We have a lot of great jobs with natural support in them for people to be successful. That and, is true. Um, the more and more mm-hmm. I learn about your guys' program, the more you realize that there's a lot of opportunities for those that are not significantly impacted. There's lots of wonderful opportunities. Even for, I yeah. was even talking to your CEO, Brian Beeler, that, um, gosh, I feel like I should have sent uh, my two 18-year-old neurotypical kids over to you guys because they still needed supports. Because let me tell you, their first jobs were not highly successful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Because they don't have the executive function and the stress tolerance oh. to be able to do these jobs. And so I was thinking to myself, dang, well, I really miss the boat even with the neurotypical ones because you guys are a <laughs> wealth of information and support for people entering the workforce. Oh, gosh, yes. We we employ persons with and without disabilities. You know, mm-hmm. we are here um, to help everybody get to their next step. And that's the other piece that skills can differ than a lot of other employers because we're always asking what next. Yes. We don't expect you to stay with us forever. We want to be your right job right now. We want to help you gain whatever skills. We want to help you go out into the community. So, for example, if our logo is four chevrons. Three are facing in and one is facing out. And that outward facing one is someone who has gained their identity and their self-empowerment and they are now leaving in the community. Mm-hmm. And so that is what we are really all about is we want to continue to create more friends of skills get out in the community. So if we are just really about supporting people where they're at, helping them get what they need to do to be successful and then helping them on that next adventure. I love that you explained your logo. It makes total sense. But really, success for you is having them have all the skills and self-empowerment to no longer need that level of support from you guys because they're successful finding their next opportunity and being able to be successful in that job with the self-empowerment that you've helped them get. That's beautiful. Absolutely. That's great. And, you know, I hate to say it too. Here, my goal is, is that these kids here won't need me anymore either. If we did a good job, then they're going to be launching out of the Isaac Foundation's programs and they're going to be successful on their own two feet. And that's the thing. It makes me sad to say goodbye to them. But that means we did a good job. And what I always like to say, you know, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Because there's always a way that we can circle back and help, you know, in one way, shape or but I agree. I mean, I, it would be a wonderful thing that we put ourselves out of business because community-based employment really understood the need and understood natural supports and that accommodations typically are not big deal. Um, just because you hired one person with a disability that didn't work out, 
just means just that you just hired one person that didn't work out. I have a parent confession for you, because as we talk about accommodations, you know, Kayla's been in school now for many, many years, and I have utilized a lot of, of accommodations over the years. However, I am now finding that he's 15 years old now. We, he needs to give up some of those accommodations because it doesn't force him to have to stretch in his abilities. One of those things is shortened assignments. Well, that was great for like writing assignments when he was learning how to do it. But just having that still on his IEP. Because last year uh, when he was in middle school, God bless this gen ed teacher, but he gave Caleb extra time for an assignment. And when I think extra time, how about a week, right? No, he gave Caleb like three months and then told Caleb that, well, as long as it's good, I don't care how long it takes. Okay. No, we need to change that expectation. Oh, I think we could do better, sir. (laughs) I appreciate that you were reading his IEP and you see that he requires more time for assignments, but that is excessive. But it was the moment in time where I was just like, oh, crap reasonable accommodations. And that is not holding him accountable for a reasonable deadline. So this year when we went into the IEP process, it's like, I want reasonable accommodations. He can take his tests in a different place and he can have X number of minutes extra, but he doesn't need days extra for a test. You you need accommodations for employment, but they can be reasonable. I I use accommodations as scaffolding. Really, it's to support them while they're mm-hmm. learning and mastering a skill. And mm-hmm. then the goal is, is that they may not even need that accommodation over time because they're proficient. Um, and every situation is different when we deal with, you know, when we have loved ones that have other type of accommodations that are required that are more physical in nature, totally makes sense that those are going to be in place for the long haul. But um, for Caleb, the accommodations we need is because it takes him longer to master a skill. And the same thing is going to be said for employment. He's just going to need a little bit of onboarding time. But then I would hope that we can remove a lot of those accommodations and he can meet the expectation of the job. Well, and kudos to you for, for recognizing that, because I think that that's one of our hindrances. You're trying to be helpful, you think, like less that the gen ed teacher who thought they were doing the right thing. Um, but it's also about, okay, how do we continue to empower them and help them and stretch them to, because unfortunately we teach them how to fit into society versus allowing the society to understand them. Yes. So how do we continue to help them feel successful and more importantly, feel part of the community, not yes. feel set aside or anything. And I love your scaffolding idea because that really is true. As you're building the building, then you slowly start taking it down. Yeah. So I really, that's a great way to put it. Yes. My job as a parent And your job as a provider is not to help our kids be able to immerse themselves in the community and be successful. Really, the job is is that we all need to be teaching the community what inclusion looks like and how we can be natural peer supports. And it doesn't it's not our job and it's not these individuals with disabilities or neurodiversity's job to fit into the community. We all have to be aware of what this looks like so that we're it's reverse inclusion. You know, we got to figure out how to support individuals because they can be very successful and it's really negligible. Mm-hmm. Just what you said, a lot of the, what we're asking for is very negligible things. If you understand what, what the need is and why it, why it is beneficial, then it's really not so difficult to understand. I think we're getting there, but I like to call it like reverse inclusion. The, the general pop- population yeah. is really the group of people that we need to be activating and spending time getting them to understand what it means to be inclusive. It's funny because you know a lot of the times when I'm in the community or doing anything, and you know we start talking about like DEIA, I, I I'm I'm the first one to bang the drama. Disability fits into that, and how do we we need to make sure that at the table of these discussions that their voices are represented, 
And you get one person with a disability that once again, that's just one person. Yeah. You don't get to speak for everybody. And yes. how do we continue to make that an important factor in the decision-making and, and guiding principles of companies and organizations and that type of thing. Now, for those parents, caregivers, guardians that are listening to this that might have a loved one that is more significantly impacted and maybe is not highly verbal, do they have a place mm -hmm. in the employment world? Absolutely. Yes. If any, whoever wants a job, yes. yes. If anyone wants a job, there is a job for them. Yes. And that's the, the other piece that our team is very passionate about. It's not about a statistic. It's not about, okay, here, we're going to plunk you in this job. No, we, we like to think of it, it's matching. It's right for our person that we're helping and it's right for the employer. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a win-win. Yeah. We have a number of, of individuals that we support or employ by us who are nonverbal. Yes. And there, there can be a job for anyone if they want it. See, that's so beautiful. John's son, Cooper, is non-speaking and he he does communicate. His behavior is communication, but he is so yeah. stinking capable, Tammy, like of what mm -hmm. he's the one kid will make sure that if there's garbage around, it's going into a garbage can. You know what I mean? Like he is just there yeah. are some things like as soon as he's done eating, he immediately takes his dishes into the sink, rinses them off. Like I have to ride my other kids to get that far. You know what I'm saying? So I'm and he's 100 percent, 100 percent of the time he he does those things, you know, like he's always cleaning off. He goes to East Valley. They're working on doing some employment opportunities at Second Harvest Food Bank. And I'm just like loving that because yeah. he's, he's perfectly capable of doing a meaningful job, even though he doesn't okay. have a lot of functional language. He's got good fine motor skills and he's always active. He's not a couch potato by any stretch of the imagination. If only we could put a step counter on him to see how many steps that kid takes in the course of a day would be sh interesting because he just never sits down. He's always up and moving and it just seems like a wasted opportunity to not be able to give him the chance to have yeah. a job. That's where parents have to understand that there are employment opportunities. However, they have to be conditioned to be able to have the stamina to be able to do a job and the emotional regulation to be able to stick at least with a certain period of time of work. And you can work towards that and you can build up that tolerance. And that's where I think, again, we got to be looking at these things sooner than later, which was another question I asked your CEO when I met with them a couple of weeks ago, is that what's the youngest that you guys employ? So we um, actually shifted during the pandemic and we do employ people who are 16. I just found that out. I'm yes. just tickled pink. Yes. And we were excited because it opened up um, some really great opportunities for our young people out on, on our base contract and doing some ground maintenance. And I can't lie, I, 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 Kenny pigged my sons and do it. I said, you need to walk through this and I want to know what, you know, what the job's like. And he loves it. He's ready to go back this year. Oh, really? Um, he works in our commercial services department part-time. Mm. And so there's some, we, yeah, we changed that because we realized there was a need. And especially post-pandemic, hiring is hard and yeah. everyone's facing that. So why not meet some people who really are hungry to work? He just loves it because of the variety and the people he works with and the supports he gets to provide naturally. He's thriving. So yeah, so we start at 16 and then all the way through retirement. Mm -hmm. Some of our jobs have, you know, different specific requirements, you know, a driver's license or different things like that, just because of the nature of what they do. Yes. But yeah, so we just changed that and it's been, it's been a really a great thing for our company. Oh, I was so excited to hear that. Caleb won't be 16 until next January, but don't think that I'm not already planning ahead. The thing is, is when you start putting some thought into things ahead of time, it's nice mm -hmm. to be able to have options. Oh, and you know, Holly, I really like what you're talking about, about planning sooner than later. So I would encourage if there are parents who are wondering what do these jobs look like or, or what 
are the expectations? What do the supervisors, you know, what does it look like? Um, they are welcome to come just ask questions of our staff. That's what I'm really pushing for. I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I really want to rally a lot of our families who have younger kids because I, I don't think you can be looking too far in advance. Like I said, our jobs have really natural support. We provide great supervision, but there are some expectations. Those project managers will say, you know, you're supposed to be here on time and you're supposed to show up in your uniform and these are how long you'll be working before a break. I just think it's a really great time, though, to ask those questions so that you just start building those skills so that when they do become 16, 17, 18, they are ready yeah. for that job. One other question I have, and this is because I happen to know this is one element of things that you're doing in your role, but you are the person there at SkillSkin that is working with the, all the different school districts, specifically with the transition program. Is that right? Yes. And That's correct. can you explain kind of what the goal is with that? Because I know we work with a lot of families, all the different districts, and, it, and it's very evident that every school district has a different transition program and process. <laughs> <laughs> I wish okay. that wasn't the case. Because, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time parents will come to me and say, oh, we're buying a house and we have a young child with autism, what is the best school district? And it's like, well, it depends because in elementary school, here's your top ones that we seem to, you know, have the most success with. And then you have middle school and here's great. And then high school. But then when we talk about transition, so it's how many times are you willing to buy a house? You know what I mean? Because, because I mean, that's the real answer is, is that it all depends. Like, what's the age range of your child? Yeah. Um, and I hate that that's not the case. And we're not here to throw any of the districts under the bus. But I just thought, oh, wow, no. that's so great that you are actually working with some of the school districts and you really are doing this with intention behind working with them to improve and maybe is it to kind of coordinate so some of these transition programs are similar amongst the districts? What's the goal for what you're doing in the work with the districts? First, we are just, you know, seeing so many parents come in around 21, 22, 23, or their, their family or loved ones. And they're just, they're, they've now, they have no supports. You know, they're no longer in school and they have no clue where to go or where to even begin. And we want to start these conversations so much earlier about just shoot, like you're talking about, let's find out now so I can start planning for that. I hear about these ABLE accounts. What does that mean? What yeah. do I need to do to do it? And so I, if I'm eligible for services, what does that mean? What, what does quote-unquote services mean and what will that get my person? And we want to help families not feel so scared about getting those services, but also about letting their person go to work. Yes. And realize that they are capable. If anyone wants a job, there is a job for them. And really helping coach them through that. I, you know, because I, I hear from a lot of parents that, so much of their life up to that point is spent fight or flight, right? You yeah. know, fighting to get whatever needs are met or pulling them back because they're trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. So really, we want to help them through that process so that they are comfortable with their person going into the workforce. Their person is eager to go into the workforce and then to, to be a part of the community. To be able to, work, you know, hey, you know what? I can live on my own. I, I don't have to live at home. And start providing some of those conversations much earlier so it's not happening when our parents are aging out. We really want these high school relationships just to really be that, to be be able to be a resource for parents to help them come in, understand, and see what's coming 
before it's too late. Yes. Cooper is he's on Social Security. And Mm -hmm. we opted for the route where we wanted him to have a job so he doesn't get the maximum amount because we're wanting employment options for him. But I have other families where it's like, well, my kid's on Social Security. I don't want them to work because that means that they're not going to get their full Social Security. And having worked with some of these young adults, Mm -hmm. I've had some of them say that, honestly, I want to have a job because it makes them feel like Mm -hmm. they're contributing in some way. But it's really hard for parents because the parents' mentality is I had to fight so hard to get them on Social Security. We can't compromise this. Yeah, I get it. But on the other hand, too, as what you said in your mission and your vision with SkillSkin is, is that being part of a community is an, a large element of, of your work and your contribution to your community. Mm-hmm. My son, Tyler, last spring, he started working for us leading up to our auction last June. And then he, I had him stay through the summer because... As most people know, SkillSkin is the building owner of uh, Isaac Foundation, and I needed him to help us get moved in. So I'm going to give you guys a ping. Thank you so much for helping and negotiating such a wonderful lease term for us to be in your guys' building right by the Spokane Arena. But what was funny about it is, well, we have kids coming in and out all of the time. Tyler's 19 years old, and he's interacting with them. But Aside from myself and Maria and Andrea, he didn't have any coworkers to really connect with. So he was connecting, he connects really mm-hmm. well with the kids when they're here, but they're not here all the time. And his job was, of course, moving and putting stuff on the wall and assembling things, not playing with the kids in the clubhouse. Although he did get to go on a couple of summer field trips, but he wasn't meeting mom's expectations. So I did let my own child go from the Isaac Foundation and he sought employment somewhere else. But here was the reason why I'm telling the story is because He's now out at Northern Quest Casino uh, right now. And, you know, he's working at Epoch and it's not his dream job, but he needed a job and he wanted to get through Christmas and all the things. And he's saving up money because he wants to go into a trade, but he needs to get the tools and all Mm -hmm. the things. Great. Love this. But he said, Mom, I never realized how lonely I was when I was working at the Isaac Foundation because it's not like I didn't talk to people, but. It's different when he goes to work, there's coworkers, Mm -hmm. there's break time where they're conversing. He's made friends out there and now he has some people that he goes and does things with after work. We are just too small for a young man who's 19 years old. The people that you work with become some of your closest friends. I'm still really, really good friends with a lot of former employees that I worked with at other places, staff members, and they're some of my closest friends and I still stay in contact with them because Um, You become lifelong friends when you work with someone Mm at that level. And that's what I think that, you know, you have to be thinking about employment is employment is also a social opportunity for them to build relationships and then have some opportunities away from work to connect with other people. Well, and we need independence, right? That's what we all want. Different levels, different different places and spaces for each person. But I I love how you say that, that that, uh, Kelly realized I was lonely. Yes. And that's a really great way to demonstrate that because it is true. Yeah. I, you know, you come to your office, what do you do? You don't just sit at your computer, you talk to people. Yes. And, you know, it's not just about your work. It's about your kids. It's about your car. It's about the weather. Having that connection point is so important. It's skill building. It really is. It's still, mm-hmm. there's so much elements of skill building. And He did learn a lot of skills here. When he was here, he was using computers and he was having to do a lot of stretch things. Now he's in the kitchen at Epic and he says there's still a lot to learn even in food service. He lives independently with his girlfriend and he has found that he loves to cook, but he would have never explored that had he not been in the Mm -hmm. kitchen out at Epic. And, you know, now he's going to 
he's going to transition and he's going to go and work in the construction field. And I love that for him. But Epic was still a skill building opportunity for him to learn how to navigate in the kitchen and, and be able to cook proficiently. So I love that for him. So there's lots of wonderful opportunities. Putting a kid on social security, again, there's security in that, but that's it's missing some of the enrichment elements of being part of a community that a job can provide you. Tammy, I would love to be able to podcast with you some more in the future. I don't think that there's enough information out there for parents who have loved ones that are mm-hmm. younger. I do think that there are some little gems. I agree. Even when you have an elementary school kid, what can we be doing? I just read a wonderful article that uh, Deb Scalabren shared on a private Facebook group that she has online, which was things that you can be doing even with elementary school kids to help them start being ready for work and independent living. It was so good. It was elementary school, middle school, and high school, things that you should be having your kids do. Like when you're making a doctor's appointment for them, talk about, oops, I got to get my insurance card because this number right here is really important and the doctor needs it. If you do all of the steps for these skills, then they never learn it. So then they're launching and they don't know how to make a medical appointment. It's like, okay, Caleb, do you remember how to get to the pharmacy to pick up your prescriptions? And having them sit in a car and navigate, oh, you got to take a right here on this street. So there's little things that you can be doing to include young people in some of these independent living skills that are teaching them to be more proficient. Having them, if you're going to order Starbucks. Let them use the app to order the Starbucks for you because it helps them start utilizing skills that they would use if they were to have a job and they have to use like a kiosk to key in what someone's order is. I don't even know if I would know how to use my Starbucks app because it alternates between Caleb and Kelly who has to use the app to order our drinks. You know what I'm saying? And because those are precursor skills to being able to navigate just technology, just that multitasking and And all of those elements, like what happens? Oh, my thing declined. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, I had to get a new debit card. So now how do we change a payment out? So all of those little nuances, if parents do those things constantly, then they don't learn. I use Walmart grocery delivery because I'm lazy, Tammy, and I don't like grocery shopping. I don't like shopping, period. There is no shame in that game. Work smart, no harder. Right. Yes. Thank you. So I do the Walmart delivery, but they take turns Mm -hmm. um, and I give them the list of things that they have to grocery shop for using the app because reality is, is that as time goes on, it's going to be more these smart apps. Yes. Um, and less about going to the grocery store anymore. That's just a reality. So you can start prepping your kids for some of these job skills, these potential job things, by just having them be more active in elements that you're doing. We go to the doctor's appointment. I make them start filling out their own, you know, updated medical information because they have to learn how to fill out forms. So her Facebook group is called Parenting Beyond Defiance. She is really good at working with kids that have oppositional defiance. But a lot of times it's picking your battles and realizing too, like (laughs) moms had to learn this, is that some of how I'm cueing my kids triggers them to be more defiant. So she's amazing and she has that wonderful Facebook group. I'll put it in the uh, show notes so people can find that as well. Along with information about Tracks to Success by Skillskin, it's Saturday, March 11th from 9 to 1. As you mentioned, you guys are are not exactly on the bus line, but very close. So you get dropped off and there's a short little walk. But it, you mentioned you're having people that are going to help shuffle people down the way to where you're located. The address is 4004 East Boone. And I will put information about this, the link. In, do people have to pre-register? They do not. Um, however, there is a QR code if you and um, there is a link to uh, sign up. You can get updates if you are interested. Ooh. I was just, you know, 
if now just joined on and I want to let people know who will be here and what they can expect. Fantastic. So, really excited. And thank you so much for having me today. Just, I just so enjoy working with you in the community. And I just, I'm, I hope to see you here on March 11th. I, I am really hoping that Saturday 11th, I'm trying hard to keep that on my open on my calendar so I can make it because I feel less overwhelmed when I have the opportunity to listen to it when it's not critical. And I have time to process it, think, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to listen to it again because it's a little more emergent. And so I, you know, I'm a little exactly. closer to that transition. And so I got to start thinking about this a little bit more. But too much information is not uh, a bad thing, especially when you have time to be thinking and processing what the future is going to look like. So I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes. We're going to continue to keep promoting it. We have your poster up on the wall out in the reception area Thank for you. parents to see. We've been handing out your little flyers. Anytime we have a parent event, we've been putting them out on the table so that parents can take them home. And I just have to also plug Bellevue Healthcare because it looks like you have free donuts, free prize drawings, and lunch provided by Bellevue Healthcare. I mean, it doesn't get much better yes. than that. Well, Tammy, I thank you for joining me for the Isaac's Autism Well podcast. We're going to have Tammy back to talk about more things related to employment and things in the community. So stay tuned. We'll let you know when that's going to happen. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Holly.